Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Like many of you, I've been hearing that story read to me since I was a little boy. And like any good story, it gets better with time. I find that I see and notice things as a 44-year-old that I didn't notice when I was a 24-year-old or a 14-year-old. I see different aspects of the story that just amaze me. And so I thought I would take a few moments tonight just to reflect on the Christmas story and what it means for us in 2020. And first, I just want to reflect a little bit on the manner of Jesus's entry into the world, because he came in a way that is completely the opposite of what I would have chosen if I was the one that was making that kind of decision. And I would say it this way, Jesus came in a very understated way. He had a very understated entry into the world. I mean, think about how we respond when a a royal baby is born. You know, there's anticipation and excitement, and and reporters are reporting, and at the hospital, they're they're all excited. Then there's this big proclamation, and the nation rejoices over this new baby. But there was none of that with Jesus. He wasn't born into a royal palace. There was no proclamation or fanfare surrounding his birth. He was born in obscurity, in an unremarkable village. The only proclamation surrounding his his birth was was the angels, who I think were just so excited about his coming that they just couldn't hold it in. They had to tell somebody, but they didn't go to the the kings and the queens, and they, they didn't go to the movers and shakers of Jewish society. They went to some lowly shepherds in the Judean hillside, and they said, listen, guys, we have good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. Today in the city of David, the Savior, the Messiah has been born. And he will save his people from his sins. And they were so excited, they had to just, they had to tell somebody, but they chose just a few obscure shepherds. And they had to give them very specific directions and instructions for how to find this baby because there was nothing particularly remarkable about Jesus as a baby. He was just a baby like any other baby. But they went and they found him there in this manger. And they worshiped him. Jesus had a very understated entry, but why? Why wasn't he born in a palace to royalty? Why wasn't he born with the elite of society? Wouldn't that have made a lot more sense? Well, you know, I've been reading lately the book, uh, rereading The Lord of the Rings, and one of my favorite aspects of that story is that evil is overthrown in that story, not by Uh, mighty armies or great warriors. Of course, they had a hand in it. But the ultimate downfall of evil in that story came at the hands of of two unassuming, unremarkable hobbits. These ordinary people that were content to just be overlooked by the rest of the world. They just wanted to mind their business and and enjoy life, but 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 it was their ordinariness, their 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 smallness of stature, the fact that they weren't great warriors, that was actually their secret. And it allowed them to, to pass unnoticed 
into the heart of, of this, this evil kingdom and bring about its ultimate downfall. I think that's a picture of why Jesus came in such an understated way. Uh, he, he came in a way that was unremarkable, was unnoticed, and he lived in obscurity for most of his life until he stepped onto the, the world stage and brought about the redemption of all humanity. And you know what I find encouraging about this is, as I think more often than not, God works in these hidden and unnoticed ways in our lives. You know, I think a lot of us, we, we want God to do something big or dramatic in our lives. We want him to, you know, we want, we want the audible voice from heaven. We want the angelic visitation. We want the big and the exciting supernatural experience. But the reality is, those experiences are rare. And God is much more often found in the mundane, in the hidden aspects of our lives. He's working in the, the hidden places in our hearts. You know, Jesus at one point compared the kingdom of God to a seed, a little mustard seed. And he said that, that, that that's, that's a, an illustration of the kingdom of God. And think about what a seed does. You know, you plant it in the ground and then it's just, you don't see anything happening. <laughs> You wait until the right combination of heat and light and water and, and soil causes that plant, that, that, that seed to come to life and to push up uh, shoots above the ground. I think it's a perfect illustration of how God works in our lives. And so maybe today you're feeling like God's a million miles away. That as you've gone through this, this year, which has had so much hardship and difficulty in it, you might feel like God is, is distant from you and he's, he's not moving in your life at all. Maybe, maybe your spiritual life just feels mundane and, and you're just doing the same old thing and, and nothing's really changing. But, but what I want to encourage you with today is God is working in the hidden places of your life. And I want to encourage you to trust in God's faithfulness to you and that he is working in those hidden places in your heart even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it. But in the fullness of time, it's going to bear fruit. In the fullness of time, it's going to bring about breakthrough. Just as Jesus lived in obscurity for most of his life until he stepped into public ministry and brought about the redemption of all mankind. Second thing I want us to notice as we look at this, uh, look at the Christmas story again, is that Jesus lived as a common man. Again, you know, if it was up to me, I think I would have chosen to, to live among royalty. You know, if I could choose the family I was born in, I'd want to live among the rich, the elite. You know, why, why not? Because you get the best of everything, the best education, the best, uh, the best, uh, medical care, the best food, the best everything. And, and wouldn't that make sense? Because then, you know, for a message as important as Jesus, you know, wouldn't you want the best possible platform to proclaim it to the world? But of course, that's not what Jesus did. I mean, he lived as one of us. He lived as a common man. He lived a, a very routine, mundane life because he didn't want to be insulated and isolated from the, the normal life that everybody else experienced. I mean, if, if he did that, then he wouldn't be able to relate to the, how the vast majority of, the hum, of human, humanity has experienced life. 
I mean, we, if, if he lived as a rich and elite person, then he wouldn't be able to relate to us any more than we would expect the queen to relate to our lives right now. No, Jesus was familiar with the mundane. He was familiar with the ordinary. He was familiar with the, the grueling physical realities of just simply surviving in first century Israel. I think he was familiar with messy houses and, and loud kids who break things around the house. I think he was familiar with, with, uh, with relational tension among neighbors. I think he was familiar with you know, stubbing his toe. I think he was familiar with being exhausted after a long day of work. I think he was familiar with, with having his dinner burnt or, or all the common normal things that you and I deal with. And this is what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he wrote this. He said, this high priest of ours, and he's referring to Jesus as this great high priest, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. That's an incredible thought that Jesus has experienced life. In all, of us, in all of its challenges, he's entered into this broken, fallen world and experienced what it's like to live. I mean, he could have stayed aloof up in heaven, but he entered into this world out of love for us, and he experienced all that we experienced, the, the challenges, the hardships, the difficulties, the messiness of life. And he experienced trials and temptations, all the same things that we do. Jesus, in his humility, entered into our world, and he was one of us. And, and listen to the, the way that the writer of Hebrews concludes this passage. He says, so, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You see, no matter how where you're at with God tonight, no matter how, how much you've messed up in your life, no matter how far away you feel from God, the fact that Jesus came and experienced life as one of us means that, that we can come to him and know that, that we're going to receive empathy from him, that, that, that we'll receive his grace and his mercy when we need it most. You see, Jesus invites us to come to him no matter where we're at, knowing that, that, that he's not going to tell us off, knowing that he's not waiting for us to sort our lives out. No, he's saying, come to me. He understands where we're at, and he's offering you grace and mercy in your time of need. So the Christmas story just tells us again that God is working in the hidden places of your life. And God is not aloof and distant from the challenges that you're facing. You know, he, he, a lot of us, we think God is, that, that our, our, our trials and our tribulations, they're not important enough for God to care about. But God's not like a, a human political leader that has a finite capacity. He has infinite capacity and he cares about the little details of your life. And he invites you and he empathizes. He understands how hard this year has been. He understands the losses that you've suffered. And he invites you to come to him and to receive the mercy and the grace in your time of need. 
Well, today concludes Advent season, you know, the season of anticipation. And so we're going to light the, the final candle here, which is called the Christ candle. And it symbolizes Christ coming into the world as, as the light of the world. And I love how John describes this. He says in, in his, I think, his one-sentence summary of Christmas. He doesn't really tell us the Christmas story, but he says this. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's a perfect description of the, the Christmas story. If you could summarize it in one sentence, that would be it. The one who is the true light. You know, Jesus described himself as the light of the world, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And then he also makes this amazing statement. He says, the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you haven't left us in our sin, but that you haven't left us in the darkness and, and you, have, you have sent your light into the world. And Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world and that you understand, you empathize with us and you offer us grace and mercy in our time of need. I pray for every person listening to this tonight that in this Christmas celebration, they would turn to you. In this year like no other, Lord, that they would turn to you and find all the grace and all the mercy they so desperately need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.